What is this? What's going on here? What are you people doing here? What is this? Are you trying to trick me? You are talking about the nonsensical ravings of a lunatic mind. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, as always, this stuff in lieu of actual entertainment. All righty then, hello and welcome back. This is Storytime and I am GamerDude. This is a different episode of Storytime today. Essentially, it's a rerun, but it's not really a rerun. It's a highlight episode. I'm not going to rerun shows for you, but what I've done is I've gone back and I've taken excerpts from various episodes, either my favorite episodes or episodes that you guys have said you really enjoyed, and I've taken some of the stories out of those episodes and compiled them in this, okay, rerun episode. If you haven't heard the stories before, I hope you enjoy them. If you have heard them before, I hope you enjoy them again. But here you go. This is the best of story time. There was one particular incident, and I remember this vividly. I remember this vividly. And it stayed with me all of these years. It's weird what you do remember, but I can see the classroom. I can see the person. I can see the person who was with her. It was an incident that happened in seventh grade, and I remember that clear as a bell, and I remember which classroom it was in. We were in a study hall with a substitute teacher, and I was sitting in one of the desks. This particular girl was sitting behind me. And for no reason that I can think of, I didn't do anything. She didn't do anything. She didn't say anything. We weren't fighting. But she was one of those kind of aggressive talkers who had her little click. And for whatever reason, she hauled off and slapped me in the back of the head. It was an open-handed whack. It was, I mean, you could hear it. It was just like that around the back of my head. And I looked around and I said, stop it. And she just smiled and laughed. And her friend next to her smiled and laughed. And I turned around and went back to my work. And 30 seconds later, she slapped me again. And, you know, you could hear it just like that. And, you know, it was nothing I could do anything about because the substitute teacher wasn't paying attention and nobody around me was paying attention. I didn't have any friends to come and defend me, but she had her friend egging her on. And 30 seconds later, she slapped me again, back in the back of the head. Now, I was always taught, well, I was taught several things. I was taught first, you never hit a girl. And I've never hit a girl in my entire life. You just don't. Second, they always told me, my parents would tell me if I was having a hard time in school, well, just ignore it and they'll stop. That's a very parental thing to say. And I've said it to my kids. But I remember that was one of the things that my mother told me. Just ignore it and they'll stop. So I was trying to ignore it. But it was very difficult to ignore. Because when somebody's whacking you in the back of the head, you kind of have to notice it. So by the time the fourth whack in the head came across the back of my head, I had no other recourse. I started crying. Now I'm in seventh grade. I'm a fat kid. I had no friends, and now there's a girl whacking me in the head, and I'm crying in class. Yeah, that's a great picture to present to a whole bunch of middle schoolers, the fat crying kid with no friends. So I put my hand up because the substitute teacher wasn't paying any attention. I put my hand up, and I said, excuse me, and I'm whimpering and whining and crying through this. And I said, I need to go to the nurse because that was my only out. That was all that I had to me was a place to get out of this classroom because no one was helping me. I was by myself. 
I had to find a way out of this situation. And that was the only way that I found. And the substitute let me out. She said, yeah, go to the nurse. And I sat in the nurse's office and I tried to explain to her what was happening. And so she let me stay in the office for the rest of the period. And nothing was ever done to the girl or her friend. Nothing was ever done for me as a result of this incident. It's just something that I had to live with. It's a hard thing to live with. And all of these years later, it's still in my head. I still remember it. I know I've been interested in music uh, all of my life. And from a young age, I was taking piano lessons uh, as long ago as I can remember. I think I was about four or five years old. Uh, I just have a vague memory of sitting at, sitting at the piano with my mother, uh, who was a piano player and a piano teacher. She did teach the neighborhood kids as well, but I learned at a young age, it's never good for your parent to teach you how to do anything because the feeling between a parent and a child for instructions is very different from a parent, from a, an instructor and a student. So it just never set the same as it might have had I had another person teaching me piano. But mom did her best, and I, I took piano lessons from her for, I want to say, four or five years. Uh, and I learned enough about the piano to be able to write music and read music and pick a tune out of th- on the piano if I ever had to. But I have to say I wasn't... I guess the best way to put it is I wasn't a diligent student. I played piano and I learned piano and I learned enough about music to know that I liked it, but I really didn't dive into piano as much as I wish that I had because I I can pick a tune out, but that's about all I can do. So I've always regretted not taking my piano more seriously. But, you know, lesson learned, as they say. I did stay with music, though, throughout my grade school and high school career because I joined the band in the fifth grade. I started taking uh, trumpet lessons back in the fifth grade. That was one of the things that my mom wanted me to do. She wanted me involved in music. My dad was not the music guy. My dad liked military marches. (laughs) That was about the extent of his... He liked Stars and Stripes forever. That was the extent of his music taste. If it was a good military march, he liked it. Uh, John Philip Sousa. Yeah, that was his that was his composer of choice. Anything that he put out, he liked. But that was it. He was not a lyrical guy. He didn't listen to love songs. I mean, he did, but it was not his music of choice. His music of choice was talk radio. That was my dad's music of choice. So if we wanted to listen to music, we had to do it on our own time in our own room. But mom, mom was musical. Mom played the piano. Mom played guitar. Mom played mandolin. She taught herself how to play the accordion and the concertina. If there was an instrument out there, mom would try to learn it. And she wanted us to have that knowledge as well. So that's one of the reasons that I went into band at, uh, at the age of about 10 years old. And I started taking trumpet lessons. And uh, I was one of the better players in the school. I was never the best player in the school. I was like number two or number three. Um, and I know that I was number two because there was a, a song that we played, I believe it was eighth grade, that was the last year in middle school, and it was a song called The Trumpeter's Lullaby. And I still remember that song to this day for a number of reasons. Number one, it's a very beautiful piece of music. It's one of my favorite trumpet pieces that there is. And the reason that I knew that I was number two is I didn't have the trumpet solo in Trumpeter's Lullaby, but I had to learn it because I was the backup in case the lead trumpet player couldn't play the day of the concert or had troubles with it. I had to know it as well. So I learned trumpeter's lullaby. 
And that's actually one of the one of the little bits of music that I wanted to play for you um, because it's such a beautiful piece of music. And this is one of the pieces of music that has stayed with me all of my life. See, now this is such a nice piece of music. And I, it still evokes memories for me. I remember the stage in elementary school, actually middle school. I remember standing on the stage. I remember practicing it in the empty auditorium just in case the lead trumpet player couldn't do it for the concert. Um, and I was nervous as all get out because you had to go to the front of the stage and stand there all by yourself and play the lead for the whole trumpeter's lullaby. It's about a three-minute piece. But I learned it, and it's stayed with me ever since. And it, it is one of those memorable pieces of music that has stayed with me for my life. Summer also involved swimming. We would always go swimming, whether it was when I was very young to a place called Hemmings Pond, which was a natural pond in the back of the Hemmings farm. And yes, we grew up in an area where there were a lot of farms. And the farmers still were running the farms, but they would open up certain areas, like the Hemmings family would open up their pond area. They had a little gazebo there where you could set up your your little family camp. You'd put your picnic basket down and your chairs down. And they had a little shack where they would sell the basics like water and crackers. And then they had a pond where you could go jump in and swim. Now, this was truly a country pond. It was in the middle of a farm. It was fed by some stream that nobody really investigated. And I do believe it was shut down because they realized years later that the level of pollutants was probably mm, much higher than was safe for people to swim in. But at the time, it was cold water and it was summer, so we would jump in Hemmings Pond and swim. Safety? Bah! It was cold water we needed to go swimming. So we would do Hemmings Pond until they closed it. (laughs) Then there was an old Boy Scout camp up on the mountain that was near our house. The Boy Scout camp was called Camp Washington after, of course, our first president or a guy named Washington who lived nearby. I was never sure. But the Boy Scout camp had closed years before. But the giant reservoir on the camp obviously still remained. And so the state came in and turned it into a a park area and finished it up and put docks in, put lifeguard stands in. And for years, we would go up to Camp Washington to swim. Now, they had a swimming area up there. And then they also had a boating area up there. So we could go swim in the water, or we could go rent rowboats, or we could go rent pedal boats. And that was another thing that we did during the summer. Mom would pack us all up in the car. This was not a place we could ride uh, on our bikes, mostly because it was uphill on top of a mountain. (laughs) And none of us were really in the mood to ride up a mountain. But also, it was a much busier road. And while our parents did let us go to Hacklebarney because it was all backcountry roads, We weren't allowed to ride our bikes on the main, main roads, like the one that led up to Camp Washington. But yeah, we would go up to Camp Washington and um, spend the day there. Mom would pack a lunch. They had a little snack bar up there, and they had a little changing room so you could change into your bathing suits or out of your bathing suits. They had a park area where they actually had a playground, and they had great big fields you could run around in, work up a sweat, and then go jump in the water. And that was a great place. And we would spend the day at Camp Washington swimming and staying cool and hanging out with friends and 
just not worrying about anything, just kind of hanging. That's what summer was. We were just hanging. It was great. Turns out Camp Washington eventually closed too. It closed years after I was a regular there, but it closed for the same reason that Hemings Pond had closed. They had overdeveloped the mountain, and so all of the homes with their septic tanks were pumping out too many pollutants, and the runoff was having the pollutants run off into the reservoir where Camp Washington was. So, once again, no longer fit for swimming. Thank you. But it was fun while it lasted. In New Jersey, when I was a kid, it was illegal to have anything more than sparklers. But as I got older, I developed the desire to shoot off my own fireworks. Something about boys and fire and explosives... I really wanted to shoot off fireworks, but you couldn't get them in New Jersey. But I discovered during our vacations that you could buy them in other states and bring them to New Jersey. Yeah, it's illegal, but I wasn't going to tell anybody. Who's going to know? My dad wouldn't let me do it. Of course, as I got older, I also learned I didn't have to tell him. So at one point, I actually bought fireworks for myself because I wanted to shoot them off. I wanted to shoot off the Roman candles. I wanted to shoot off a couple of bottle rockets. I wanted to shoot off a couple of things that would explode in the sky and I could point to it and go, look, I did that. That's my fireworks. So I really wanted to get a packet of fireworks. So while we were away, this is when I had my own driver's license. I was old enough now to drive away from the family vacation site and go get things on my own. And I stopped at a fireworks store and I picked up a pack of 20 different things that I could shoot off. Now, as you probably remember from the vacation podcast, our vacations were in August. So I had to buy my fireworks in August and save them for the following July 4th. That's how desperate I was to shoot off my own fireworks. I bought them in August, hid them in my closet so that nobody would know that I had them and then bring them out the following July 4th. And that's what I did. I stashed them because I didn't want mom finding them. I didn't want my dad finding them. I didn't want my brother or sister finding them. I had to have those fireworks and I had to shoot them off on the 4th of July because that's what you do. So I stashed them until July 4th. And then instead of going out for fireworks, I said, dad, I have a surprise. Can we shoot off some fireworks in the backyard? And he was a little bit surprised that we had fireworks. And he said, shoot off fireworks? How are we going to shoot off fireworks? And I said, well, Dad, last year when we were on vacation, I went to the fireworks store and I, I picked up a small package of some fireworks. And we have a couple of bottle rockets. We have a roaming candle. We have all kinds of cool things we can shoot off. And also, Dad, I got three boxes of sparklers, one for each of the kids. Well, the fact that I'd gotten sparklers for everybody, I think is the thing that saved the day for me because I was thinking of everybody and willing to share my fireworks experience. So he grudgingly gave me his blessing. Of course, my mom had to chime in. Well, aren't, aren't they dangerous? Couldn't somebody get hurt? I don't want anybody getting hurt. I don't want to catch the house on fire. What if we catch the house on fire? Are you sure that this is safe? Of course, Mom, it's safe. I know exactly what I'm doing. You just you just put it on the ground on a level surface, you light it up, and it, boom, goes right up in the air. Like I'm a fireworks pro. But, you know, I read the instructions on the box. That's what it said to do, so that's what I was going to do. Put it on a flat surface, light it up, let it go. And so Mom grudgingly gave her approval to this fireworks display. And so we started. 
We started after we did our sparklers. We did everybody running around the yard and throwing our sparklers in the air and making our names in the lights. And we had colored sparklers. There was blue and there was green and there was yellow. And then it was time for the big display. I had like five things left that I could shoot off. And there was like three bottle rockets, one little rocket that would explode in green colors and the Roman candle, which the way I read it, that was the way to go. That was the final thing to do. So I shot off the first three bottle rockets. It was... And it was great because I was shooting off my own fireworks. It was incredible. And then I shot off the one that blew up in the air and it was... Green all over the sky. It was amazing. And then it came time for the piece de resistance, the Roman candle, which for those who don't know, you light it up and it shoots out little balls of fire and it... It's just a really incredible thing to see. Now, some people hold them. I wasn't going to be that crazy. I was going to put it on the ground and mount it on the little bottle that I had to put all the fireworks in and and let it just shoot the little balls of fire up into the air. Great plan. So I set the Roman candle down. I put it in the bottle. I didn't want to be too close because I didn't want my mom worrying. I didn't want my dad worrying. So I put the Roman candle down on a flat surface. I lit the fuse. But in my hurry to light the fuse and get away, I knocked it over. Now, we've all been in a situation like that. We've all been in a spot where we've anticipated something great happening and everything's going perfectly. The fireworks had shot off. Everything was going great. And then you have that moment. You freeze. Your mind goes blank. You have that, oh my God, second. Where you think, I could dive back and straighten it up. I could run like hell the other way. And what you do is you freeze. And that's exactly what I did. And that damn Roman candle started pumping out fireballs aimed right at my dad. Oh my God, I'm going to kill my dad. And to this day, I still remember my dad's eyes as big as saucers as the first of the fireballs started heading towards him. And there was nothing I could do. Well, I guess there was something I could have done. I could have thrown my body on the Roman candle like a grenade and saved the family from the crazed Roman candle that was spinning out of control. But no, I was running the other way. Oh my God, 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 oh my God. It only pumped out about five fireballs and none of them hit Dad. Dad, as it turns out, was actually pretty nimble. (laughs) But it was the first and last time that I was allowed to use fireworks at my parents' house. But it's a time I'll never forget. The first video game that I discovered, aside from Pong, was Space Invaders. And this is probably the birth of my love affair with gaming. We went to a pizza hut, which was off of Chincoteague. We actually had to go back out to the main road, which was Route 13, going north and south on the east coast of Virginia. And just before you got to the turnoff, for Chincoteague, there was a pizza hut. And it was a sit-down, go-in-and-eat type of pizza hut. It wasn't one of those quickie little call-us-up-and-we'll-deliver-it. It It was a full-blown restaurant pizza hut. Back in the days when they actually still had a salad bar, too. That's how far back we're going. And Space Invaders was the game. That's how far back we're going. The original Space Invaders. But it wasn't just a Space Invaders game. This was a tabletop Space Invaders game. So you would sit down and instead of the arcade machine that you normally looked at, the screen was flat. So you had to look down as if you're sitting at a table. To me, this was 
This was like the holy grail of gaming. You could sit down at a table, put a drink down, have your slice of pizza next to you, put a quarter in, and play Space Invaders? I'm moving in here. I didn't get to play that machine very much because we didn't go out to the Pizza Hut very much. But every once in a while, when my mom and dad wanted a break from the seafood, God knows why you would, but they did, we would go to the Pizza Hut. And while we were waiting for pizza, we would have our quarters ready to go. And we'd go to the little tabletop Space Invaders game and pop our quarters in and kill time until the pizza was done. That's probably where I really learned to love video games because I loved playing Space Invaders. And I loved going out to the campground to play Asteroids. It was all over for me after that as far as video games are concerned. That's going to do it for this episode of Storytime. Thanks so much for listening. I really do appreciate you listening to all of the episodes, including this Best Of episode. Hope you liked it. If you have any suggestions or stories you'd like to hear on future Best Of episodes, message me on Twitter, whisper me on Twitch. Just let me know. We'll find those stories. We'll put them up in future episodes. Thanks again, guys. Until next time, you take care of yourselves. And I'll see you when I see you.